This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we're going to be looking ahead at Halloween and lots going on in the community. And there are some special activities that we wanted to pass along to you that will make it hopefully a safer Halloween for everybody. And visiting with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Corporal Michael Rogers. Good morning to you. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to have you with you. You brought a friend with you from the Highway Patrol. We did. This is Trooper Brenna Smith. Brenna, how are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? Good to have you with us today. Now, I understand there's something really big that's uh, about to happen today. Or not today, <laughs> but happening soon. <laughs> Tell us about that. Sure. We're, we're doing a, a task force event, a Rutherford County Traffic Task Force event, and we're going to do a Halloween uh, drive through for the kids to come through and, and get some candy and uh, meet some of first responders in Rutherford County. Oh, cool. They, they will enjoy that. And will they get to see police cars? And I, Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly who all has signed up to come, but I know uh, Sheriff's Department, of course, uh, State Troopers, um, EMS, Fire Department. I think last year we had a helicopter. I don't know if it's coming again. You know. Um, I believe this year we're going to have Murfreesboro bring their Bearcat, which is their SWAT vehicles. Um, we also have Murfreesboro City, which will be there as well with their police cars. Okay. TDOT's going to be there with their help trucks um, to show because a lot of people don't get to see those unless they're in the sticky situation of being pulled over or stuck on the side of the interstate. So it's just an opportunity not only for the kids but the parents to get to communicate with us as well. Now, when will this be? Where will it be? And what time? It's going to be October 26th here in Murfreesboro. It's going to be from 5 to 7 over on Sampsonite Boulevard, which is directly in front of the Driver's License Center here in Murfreesboro. Okay, so October 26th. Yes, sir. Okay, and that's, what day is that? It's going to be Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Tuesday, October 26th, 5 to 7. Okay. Uh, is, is there any charge, or do the kids need to dress up in costume, or what, what do you want? There's no charge. It's completely free to the public. We just like to interact with our kids and community when we can get a chance. Um, the kids are more than welcome to dress up. We love to see their Halloween costumes. It's something easy for the parents as well. They get to drive through. The kids stay in the vehicles. We actually come to them, and we sort of make it a parade for the kids more than us. Um, not only handing out candy, but informational pamphlets to the parents. and and just a big interaction with the community. Okay, and this is where you get your driver's license? Correct. Now, I understand, are, are we about to move that location? Is, is that, I've heard something about that, maybe. You know, honestly, I'm not sure with okay. that process. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is also a, a pretty neat event. We have an annual pumpkin carving contest, and all the different agencies will do a, a carving slash uh, decorating a pumpkin and then as they go through um, trooper smith has it set up where they can use their phones to vote on which one oh. they think is the best and then 
uh, the different agencies friendly competition against each other mm -hmm. so now this is once again we'll mention this in case somebody wasn't listening closely enough it's next tuesday yes sir next tuesday october 26 from five to seven it's going to be in front of the murfreesboro driver's license center which is on samsonite boulevard okay so uh, circle that date on your calendar you don't have to wear a costume but if you want to uh you'd feel uh, the kids would love that sure absolutely and it's for all ages if you don't have kids bring your dogs anybody who wants to come we're we're happy to see anybody that wants to participate did you say the magic word uh candy is going to be given away absolutely oh, yeah. okay absolutely <laughs> that'll turn on a lot of folks there just all sorts of candy I, I think last year we were you know just giving handfuls of of stuff to folks to try to work through we've got lots of uh donors that have given us candy from around the community and they you know they want everybody to have a little bit so let's let's make it a point to be there next tuesday five until seven that's at the driver's license facility uh if you've lived here any time you know sure where that <laughs> is you've gotten your driver's license it used uh, to be a little easier to get in and out of there but i'm sure everyone knows where it is <laughs> but you know thank goodness for the kiosk at the library uh that makes it a whole lot easier uh i, I don't guess i knew that you you haven't tried that yep, that sounds wonderful though because i've been avoiding <laughs> getting my real id <laughs> well, let me tell you, you can even get your picture okay i mean it's the kiosk has a camera on it but i did i goofed up the first few times i kept thinking why is this thing not working right i would get right up to it and i'd follow the instructions push the buttons and and it wouldn't the picture would be weird that that kind of makes you sense. gotta move back yeah i <laughs> I, I stopped a gentleman one day and, and pulled up his so when we when we make a traffic stop we can run driver's license information it will show us that that picture mm -hmm. that you're referring to and he was pulling out his ears and sticking out his tongue you know oh. making a face and I thought how in the world why did they let did he get go? that done well now now I guess it makes sense a kiosk, yeah. just, <laughs> I guess no one monitors See, I, that what you've done you you've given an idea oh uh, yeah just you'll, just you'll redact that part <laughs> that didn't happen you didn't hear that uh another thing happening is slow down a uh, slow down program sure. uh, we're having a real problem mm -hmm. with people speeding right now sure and, and we always do um it, it, especially um rutherford it, it seems like in particular murfreesboro everyone's in a hurry you know everyone's got somewhere to be but so the campaign is actually called slow down tennessee it's a statewide campaign it's um kind of piloted by the tennessee highway safety office and in, in Rutherford County, we're doing slow down Rutherford. So basically it's just a campaign to, uh, we get out and we do some enforcement activities and just remind people to slow down, you know, pay attention to the speed limits. Um, and we try to focus on our, you know, more problematic roadways, you know, the interstates, highways, and that kind of thing. Uh, from what I understand, um, and I hope I don't get, get ahead of myself on this, but the Highway Safety Office has ordered yard signs um, or, or there will be some way to get yard signs and they can they will say either slow down Tennessee or slow down Rutherford um, and we'll be able to get those out to folks so they can put them in their yards if they want to do that as well I, I think AAA made some signs and it was a hit people wanted them so I think that we're going to try to make that where they can get them now you mentioned something a good while back on one of your earlier broadcasts oh no uh where we were talking about COVID 19 and okay, everything sure and you had uh, we'd gotten reports that there were more fatal traffic sure. accidents sure. Uh, on the interstates during this COVID period and everybody was calling in wondering well how could that be because there's fewer cars sure. on the interstate and you came up with the 
idea of since there are fewer cars, people are driving faster. And when they do have a crash, they're going faster in the chances of uh, more severe injuries. So is that what is causing everybody to we? I know the cars are back, but it's hard sure. to get out of a, a mode of driving quickly, I guess, if you've gotten into that. It, it is. Um, it, it, to answer, my mind starts racing, but to answer the, the first question you asked about fatalities, um, we were just talking before we walked back and we're actually right now as of today now now let me say i'm a baseball fan okay and and i believe in talking about statistics and jinxes so i'm going to knock on wood but you're not going to talk about the braves then <laughs> well <laughs> we don't want to jinx that. <laughs> that that's actually my team so we uh well we we carry them have uh, still them. still still proud even yeah. though last night's anyway sorry so <laughs> um as it stands today we're at 26 fatalities and this time last year we were at 35, so that that puts us down nine um, compared to the numbers last year. And so it kind of goes to what you were saying that during COVID it was kind of interesting because in 2019 we were so in 2019 and in, in this year 2021 we're about even, and then in 2020 we had that spike, so we were up about nine or ten this time last year. So it's kind of interesting, you know, how did the the COVID thing play into fatalities? Um, it, and the theory was that people were just able to drive that much faster. There was f a smaller traffic volume, so they were able to go faster. So then when they did have crashes, they were worse crashes. Um, as far as this year, the numbers show we're down in fatalities, but what are you seeing on the interstates? Are they slower? Are they still, I mean, it seems like in Rutherford, they're always fast, but compared to last year. Everybody's in a hurry. Yeah. I, I, Yes, it seems like <laughs> it seems like. I mean, they, even yeah. in the city, when you're coming up to a, a red light, sure, uh, <clears throat> you're, you're maybe it's on caution, and you're trying to get through it. Uh, and I think what we're seeing on the interstates mostly is everybody's in a hurry, and those people that did work through COVID last year and continued the drive or commute to wherever they were headed, their employer or home. Um, now that more people are going back to work. Those, those other people who have been going to work the whole time might get a little frustrated with them because there's more traffic volumes and mm -hmm. they're not able to get to work like they used to. So not only are we having a lot of higher crashes with high speeds, but it's causing some road rage situations as well and stuff like that's going on as well. So it's just... Yeah, the, the road rage is getting particularly bad. We've, we worked two or three yesterday road rages yeah so wow generally what happens is it'll be um you know two drivers come upon each other they don't necessarily know each other and one will cut the other off or maybe they'll not let the other merge and, and people just get very frustrated very quickly and then it turns into people pulling guns out and you know pointing at each other and, and all the, in, in fact yesterday we had i think two of them you know within just a short span so uh, these were separate incidents oh sure yeah, it, it happens very frequently, and, and it. I was thinking about it on the way in. It, it seems like people are just so quick to um, just assume that the other person slighted them intentionally. Um, and you know, when things like that happen, we have the ability to decide. You know, we if a driver cuts me off, it's just as easy for me to say, "Oh, that guy's an idiot," you know, versus I could just say, "Oh, you know, he must not have been paying attention," or oh, he must have something going on in his life that's distracting him. You know, it's very easy for us to give grace to people, you know, and, and just mm -hmm. let them go. Um, but for some reason, people are just so quick to 
turn it into a, a big deal. Well, our whole society seems to be that way. These I mean, I don't want to get into politics, sure. <laughs> but but we're we're either extreme this or extreme that, sure. and and there's always this anger, uh, and everybody's right at the boiling point. It, it seems that way, sure. So, and uh, are you seeing that statewide too uh, with the highway patrol? Uh, yes, sir. So I work in Rutherford County as a state trooper. I'm on the road quite often. Um, but so I work alongside Rutherford County Sheriff's Office all the time. They're my number one backup overall. Um, so they're very helpful and they take care of us as well on the interstates and help us out to the best of their abilities. But it's just, I think ever since the lockdowns with the pandemic and everything, now that people are getting back out, they just might be lacking a little patience or frustrations because they have been cooped up for so long and then they get out and something something happens something so simple as either someone not seeing them and cutting them off or like he had said um that just it just escalates so quickly these days instead of just having a little patience and letting stuff go michael had said we had three yesterday in rather the sheriff's office had three uh, do you see that many? On- we see it just as much. We work alongside the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office quite often. Um, a lot of time there's only one to two state troopers out at a time. So our our first backup is Rutherford County. And luckily they're on the interstates just as much as we are because obviously I can't do it by myself all day um, in Rutherford County. We're just too busy. But we get a lot of the same calls that they do, and we work side by side with them on those calls. So. A lot of times if they're receiving that call, we have received it as well, or we passed it to them for their assistance to help with us. Now, do the folks who are out uh, with the emergency trucks, are they falling victim to this too? I mean, when they're out trying to help people uh, and over on the side of the road, do people come by with road rage and uh, angry that they're uh, maybe slowing traffic down or it doesn't take too much to get people angry? Sure. I mean, during different times of like, Obviously, if it's during rush hour traffic, the TDOT help trucks are fantastic. We appreciate everything they do. Um, they help us a ton with motorist assist. Anybody with a flat tire or broken down or maybe they didn't, wasn't watching their gas and they ran out of gas or something so simple. But obviously, we try to get people to move over one lane. It's called the move over law. Um, and with that, if it's at 5 o'clock in the evening, it does s- slow down traffic and and cause a little bit of an issue so we do we do still have people that fly down next to us um, obviously that's not safe and we try to avoid it and try to enforce that as much as possible but that's still a problem as well now while we're talking about road rage and terrible things that happen on the roadways we go back a few days and and you you always thought of interstates in particular mm-hmm. you have uh, fences along the interstate sure. to keep animals off the interstate keep people <laughs> off the interstate hopefully <laughs> <laughs> but once in a while sure. that doesn't always work and three o'clock in the morning i believe the report showed that a trucker was driving down the interstate right here over near almaville road and 840 on i-24 uh and and a person three o'clock in the morning so it's it's dark out there uh a, a person ran across from what I understand, just ran across the interstate in front of the truck, and the truck hit him, and the person died. Uh, what was the yes, person sir. doing on uh, on the interstate? So I was actually the trooper that worked that crash. I was on the midnight shift this weekend, and um, from my understanding, what had happened was there was a previous crash prior to that pedestrian crash, 
and from my understanding he was one of those involved in the previous crash so he had been involved in a crash his car had been crashed out and he was on the interstate trying to deal with that crash when he was struck by a cmv driver so he wasn't just out walking around he didn't get loose on the interstate <laughs> or nothing like that which okay. which is possible but yeah. um he was actually involved in a previous crash prior to it um which led up to that unfortunate event now when you hear of things like that happening uh you think well if he was in a previous crash maybe he wasn't thinking straight sure because uh, i mean sure. if you're in a crash right and i don't know how bad the crash was that sure. he was in uh it, it causes you to react strangely uh any was there any thoughts on that or it, it just happened so quickly i guess yeah i mean it seems like anything that happens on the interstate happens very quickly um it's hard to get there as as quick as possible because our county is so large we could be on the opposite end of the county dealing with something else on the interstate and then have to run down to the other end or another section of the county to deal with another serious injury crash um i would just recommend obviously if you're involved in a crash if you're still in the middle of the interstate get out of your car and get to a safe location um, however, if you are on the shoulder and you're not in, not in the middle, at this case, one vehicle is on the right shoulder and one vehicle is on the left shoulder. So we don't know if he was trying to go help the other people or run across the interstate to check to see if they were okay. There could be, I mean, I wasn't there, I, I don't know. But my recommendation would be just, if you're involved in a crash and your vehicle is not stuck in the middle of the interstate, either get out of your vehicle safely and sit in a safe location either a right shoulder or far into the off to the side away from other cars traveling and and let me since both of you are professionals in this and you see it on a regular basis if you are involved in a crash or if you have motor vehicle problems sure, your sure. engine stops uh should you stay in the car if you're on the side of the road should you stay in the car or should you get out of the car and go as far far into the grass as you can get I think it just depends on the situation. I had a vehicle the other day that had broken down, um, and they were partially still, like the tail end of their vehicle was partially still in the lane of travel. Um, for that situation, obviously, I want you to get out of your car and get away from it. People get hit on the side of the road all the time, vehicles sitting still, vehicles that are abandoned, stuff like that. Um, they are they get hit all the time just from distracted drivers. So in that situation, if your vehicle is very close to the fog line or still impeding partially, um, the lane of travel, get it, exit your vehicle safely, call for help. Obviously, we'll be there as soon as possible to help you get your vehicle out of the way, whatever the case is. Now, if you got a flat tire and you're able to pull completely off the shoulder in a safe location, I would stay in your car and wear your seatbelt. That's just me. Um, I think it's your safest option. Obviously, people drive really fast, and sometimes we don't have drivers paying attention. So your vehicle is bigger than you. Stay in your vehicle, wear your seatbelt, and just call for help. And I guess if you're toward the median wall, uh, you definitely, I guess, need to stay in the, you certainly don't want yes, to sir. try to cross oh, yeah. the right. interstate. Sure. And we, we do want you to, um, and we see this more not on the interstate, but other, you know, a lot of people think if I have a crash, I need to leave my car exactly where it is until the police arrive. You know, that's not necessarily true. We want you to get out of the roadway. You know, so um, pull off to the shoulder, pull into a parking lot, something, and we can come investigate and figure out what happened. Um, we have run into occasions many times where people say, you know, we get there and the car's right in the middle of the road and the first thing we do is move it. Right. And they're like, well, I have to leave it here. And, uh, you know, so that's not necessarily true. We do want you to get your car out of the middle of the roadway. 
um, if you can, if it's if it's movable. Okay, so remember those things. And are all of these part of the slow down Rutherford campaign? It, they're not necessarily, but it it's just kind of um, they kind of relate. Uh, slow down Tennessee is, is more bringing awareness. It, it's going to be a I believe biannual. We're going to do it twice a year, and it's just a, a way to uh, bring awareness to the speeding. We also do. Uh, twice a year we'll do booze it and lose it which of course is focused on impaired driving and we also do click it or ticket which is focused on seatbelt. so it, it's part of continual campaigns that we do to kind of focus on the um, frequent you know violations that we see and safety topics to kind of touch on a couple times a year well as we are learning about the importance of driving slower uh, trying to control our tempers what else should we keep in mind uh, with especially this time of the year sure. we're moving into winter and winter sometimes brings ice and snow and what have you well and the, the one thing that I, I always harp on the same things but the first thing is always you know kind of be patient give each other a little bit a little grace but second to that if we could get everyone to wear our seat belts uh, we would do a lot better on our serious injuries and our fatalities um, you know obviously wearing a seat belt is not a cause of a crash but what we see is that people that are involved with those types of crashes, about half of them are not wearing the seatbelt. So if we could get everyone to wear their seatbelt, then you know, hypothetically, statistically speaking, we could cut back on about half of the fatalities just from that simple action. Um, so that's always my two big, my two big ones. But but also, I think the time changes here and just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I'm I'm a summer guy. That's. <laughs> The, I don't like the winter time. But more, sorry. more dark time <laughs> to drive, <laughs> I, I, and that's bad. I mean, dark yeah. weather is uh, right. Sure, makes it hard to see, and especially during Halloween. You know, we're going to have kids out. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. walking around in neighborhoods, and and we need to take our ties. Particularly that I think it's on a Sunday this this it year. It is right. Um, so there will probably be a lot of people out and about, uh, and they probably didn't get to do it much last year. So they might be making up for it this year. So let's be just extra cautious um, and just remember um, you're really not going to make up any time with speed uh, a lot of times if, if i pull people over that i try to remind them of that you know e even if i let you go 90 miles an hour where you got to go you're only going to get there a minute or two faster so make the decision just to take your time enjoy the ride and uh, get there safely and let everyone else enjoy it you know so now, this this is not a law enforcement question but it may sure. be a question that you've run across we've heard conversation this morning already on the radio about halloween is sunday mm -hmm. are people trick-or-treating on saturday mm -hmm. are they trick-or-treating on sunday uh what's the word do you know i don't i don't know you know honestly i have no idea <laughs> i would like to know who gets to make that decision i've always wondered that <laughs> yeah i don't live in a <laughs> good neighborhood pumpkin. like i used to where i used to live in like a massive neighborhood back home where we were one of the main neighborhoods to trick-or-treat so gotcha. i'm not really sure what the what the word is on the street here in murfreesboro but we have obviously our trick-or-treat stuff tuesday um a lot of the churches do trick-or-treating on wednesdays i believe from my understanding and Obviously, with the Halloween falling on a weekend, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be a little bit of both. I don't know. Um, but back to what Roger said, just to harp on that again, we obviously want to make sure everybody slows down and and pays attention because all those nightly festivities are going to be going on throughout the whole month. And with everybody everybody being tied up from COVID last year, everybody's going to want to get out of the house and do some more stuff. So. Just a reminder to slow down, pay attention. Nightly festivities are taking place all over. So, 
Okay. Uh, have we left anything out on uh, any of these items that we're wanting to cover? The drive-through for Halloween, which is Tuesday, <coughs> this coming Tuesday, 5 until 7 in the evening. And that is at the Driver's License Center, where you get your driver's license over on Samsonite, 5 until 7 this Tuesday. It's free. All ages encouraged to be there. And slow down Tennessee. So there, there is one more thing that I wanted to throw in there. Um, it, as part of the task force, we are going to have another event in November. Uh, on November 13th from 11 to 2, we're doing an event called Beans and Boots. Uh, and basically um, what that is is the, the task force is going to be doing a, a, a chili cook. Well, not, like, not a competition, but a chili cook where people can come and, and buy a bowl of chili and a dessert. And all the proceeds are going to go to buying glasses for uh, families that may not be able to afford them. Uh, it's going to be at Patterson Park, November 13th, 11 to 2. Now, to get into that event, I think you do have to purchase a ticket. Um, we're working on the logistics of how that ticket process will work. But in the meantime, they're welcome to email me and I can direct them to how that's going to work. Okay, and proceeds uh, help people buy glasses? Uh, gl prescription glasses, correct, that, that may not be able to uh, afford them, uh, children in particular. Okay, and what is your email? You said people can email you? Sure, it's mrogers, uh, that's with a D, M-R-O-D-G-E-R-S, at R-C-S-O-T-N dot org. Okay, and we will put that on our website sure. under uh, the podcast of this broadcast, so if you miss any of that uh, you can check the broadcast out and you can also send an email to mark uh, asking more details on that that's november the 13th 11 until 2 beans right. and boots beans and boots yep. all righty sounds like some great opportunities <laughs> uh anything else that we need to touch on oh i think we could go on forever but I For, think <laughs> well the main thing is the main thing drive carefully and Absolutely. slow down sure and 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 be cool uh, don't get go. angry so if you can figure out how to pass that on. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> Visiting with us this morning, giving us uh, some great information. Drive carefully and uh, slow down today. Rutherford County Sheriff's Office Corporal Michael Rogers and from the Tennessee Highway Patrol Trooper Brenna Smith. Stay with us. Much more to come. The day continues. We're going to have a ball. If you can dream it, Fair Construction can turn it into reality. Shop local, Fair Construction Company. I'm Ron Hall. Investing in property can be nerve-wracking. It does not have to be. Fair Construction offers high-quality craftsmanship, quick response, and attention to detail. Our goal is to keep your expenses low while focusing on our attention on high-quality services. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you, Fair Construction Company. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you're starting a home studio, you need to come to Music World and Drummer's Den. We also have interface for home recording, podcast, we have USB microphones, all the equipment you need for home recording or podcast. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? 
Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. United States Army, 1967, and I got out in 1969. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. My base pay was $81 when I went into the Army, and they said if you go to jump school and jump out of the airplanes, we'll pay you an additional $55. I said, wow, that's what I chose to do. We're talking with Russell Ashton. Of course, it was a lot of good training. I mean, we're talking about getting physically fit. And I'm sure boot camp was a whole lot different back then compared to today. Oh, it's a different world. It sure is. You're a veteran who served during a wartime. The average citizen, I don't think they understand what that means. I don't think they understand what things you may have seen. And it's hard to even comprehend when you start to think about it. That's right. I just I think about it all the time. No one has ever looked through my eyes and no one has ever worn my boots. I guess that's hard for other people to understand. People here in the great America don't have a clue what's going on in the world. They're just standing around in the dark in broad open daylight. What was life like after you got out of Vietnam and came back home? I immediately went to work due to the fact of how my parents raised me up. I thank God every day for the way that my mother and father raised me up. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Good neighbor talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WTNS AM, AM FM, FM online. We're talking with James Manning now, and you're able through Middle Tennessee State University to perhaps find distant connection to some of the people in the past from Oakland's mansion. Yes, we know that in 1872 that Dr. James Manning sold 20 acres to the city of Murfreesboro to create Evergreen Cemetery. When it was plotted and laid out, what became Section M was left vacant. Uh, They didn't create any burials in this area. We've yet to find any documentation that says it's because that was already occupied by enslaved people who worked at Oakland's plantation, but that is the oral tradition. And so this scanning of the ground by MTSU is another piece of the puzzle. It's going to tell us where burials were. It won't tell us whether they were enslaved or not. But the type of coverage that you're giving us today is important because the more that we talk about this and get the word out, the more likely we are to find someone who can help us with another piece of the puzzle, help us find names of individuals who are buried here, or documentation uh, that can prove or disprove that the uh, enslaved people of the Oakland's plantation were actually buried in the site. But there's a number of other benefits to this project. Right now, Rutherford County has cremains and storage that need to be buried, and there are no longer burials taking place in Section M because we don't know where all the graves are. And this will tell us, so it will give the uh, city um, 
possibly more barrel ground to occupy. Now, each flag designates where the ground has been disturbed. It doesn't necessarily mean that a burial plot is there. What are you going to do with this information? I mean, are you going to dig down and confirm that, or what? No, there's no plans to do any digging. MTSU archaeologists and anthropologists will review this data, and then they're going to give us a report that we expect to show where graves have been or are. Perhaps somebody has been exhumed from a grave, and we won't be able to tell that. Um, But uh, Dr. Collins and his colleagues will interpret the data and share that with us and with Evergreen Cemetery, and that will give green space that is uh, remains unoccupied for future burials and then perhaps we'll find a cluster where the enslaved are likely buried under this tin obelisk which is oral tradition that it was erected for someone who was enslaved although we've not found anyone that can give us any definitive information it appears to say Garrett at the bottom and we've not found that name associated with a grave here Um, Evergreen Cemetery office burned in 1940 and so all the cemetery records were destroyed so what we have now are built back since 1940, and Oakland's does not have the record of the burial of any enslaved person. That doesn't mean there's not someone out there who does, or a funeral home, or a church. So there's uh, hopefully more information in repositories that just to be surfaced. So there's a possibility that this information is destroyed in the fire. Yes, um, being that these people were buried here before the cemetery was created, it's not uh, certain that any of their identities were recorded there, but it's certainly a possibility. Um, We're also going to look at the city council records to see when Evergreen Cemetery was established in 1872, which was uh, initially called Oakland Cemetery in 1872, and then in 1873 it's renamed Evergreen. Hopefully we'll find some mention there of burials have already taken place here in this land. I understand that there's going to be a monument erected to the people who are buried in this unmarked area. Yes, um, working with the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County, we have raised funds to build a memorial. It will be a marker that is looks very different than the other markers in Evergreen. It's going to be built of limestone, something that's organic to the, the site here. Mr. David Harper has built a number of signs for African American churches and graveyards here in Rutherford County, and he's going to construct the monument. There'll be a piece of stone within it, a smooth piece of stone that will have a memorial that will say to all those who are buried in Section M without a headstone, including those who were likely enslaved by the Manny family. You can go to oaklandsmansion.org, and at the very top, you'll see a button that says Slavery. If you drop down below that, there's a page for Evergreen Cemetery, Section M, and that's where we'll uh, add information as we learn it. Then below that, there's also a tab for the untold story of the Manny family slaves, and those are approximately 80 individuals who are likely enslaved by the Manny family here on this property, some of whom may be buried. Here. A bit of history there, and you can check it and learn more by going to the Oakland's Mansion site. We've been talking with the executive director of Oakland's Mansion, James Manning. All that's news. Your afternoon local news, traffic, and weather update with Matt Lane. Weekday afternoons, 440 until all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Good morning. Traffic still heavy on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. All the traffic flow headed uh, towards Nashville up through Davidson County. Some radar out here up and down. Certain sections of 840 this morning. Make sure you slow it down. Oktoberfest at Obergatlinburg going on now through the end of the month. You still got time. Hey, check it out online first at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. 
Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon, high in the upper 70s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, a slight chance for rain showers late, partly cloudy, alone near 58. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 49. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. WGNS is here at the Evergreen Cemetery in Section M. We're talking with Margaret McKinley, who's with the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County, and she's also a professor at Motlow State College. Tell us what's happening. Well, today we're here as observers. The college students are coming in to do to scan the cemetery. So we can see where some slaves were buried but not marked. We uh, also study genealogy and do research on physical graves when we can find them. And this Saturday coming up, I'd like to invite you out to Patterson Community Center at 2 o'clock. We're having an auction, an in-person auction, because we'll be scattered out and that kind of thing, to fund our society. So please come out and bid on something. That's 2 o'clock this Saturday. Yes, sir. Now, this monument here obviously has been around longer than the rest of them. (laughs) I've never seen one quite like that made out of metal. How far back does this go? We think that that might have been one of the original structures when the cemetery was opened. So we have no idea and have been unable to find out very much information about it either. What do you think the monument signifies? I mean, the only writing on it is the word carry, C-A-R-R-I-E, and you can see the outline of that on the front of it. We just think it was put there as a placeholder because all of, like I said earlier, all of the slaves that were buried were not marked. So we think that that might have been a focal point to say this part of the cemetery is for African-Americans. Did some of the professors from MTSU who have done some studies here already, did they indicate that maybe this is the kind of marker that would... I don't think anybody has done any research that we are aware of. So the ground-penetrating radar that was being used by MTSU on Monday is the first in a series of studies being done by the university in conjunction with Oakland's mansion and the African-American Heritage Society of Rutherford County. We've been talking with Margaret McKinley. Now we're talking with Laura Bartell, the project director with the Old City Cemetery's Historical Preservation Project. And for history lovers, there's a special event this Sunday. 
We're having an open day at the Old City Cemetery on October 24th, which is this coming Sunday, and it's from 2 to 4.30 p.m., and we have select individual and family graves. We have displays about the history of the site, which contains the archaeological remains of the Old First Presbyterian Church, its burying ground, and then, of course, the city's first public cemetery. It's all known now as the Old City Cemetery. And that is coming up this Sunday. Yes, it is. Sunday, October 24th, 2 to 4.30 p.m. We're also having an unveiling of the National Register of Historic Places marker. The site has been on the register for many years, but now we're happy to finally add in marker. And the Association for the Preservation of Tennessee Antiquities is also putting one of their Rutherford County historic markers at the site as well. Do you think that that cemetery will ever be open to the public on a regular basis? It's doubtful because it is endangered. The ground is very uneven. Again, it's endangered. A lot of the stones are very much damaged. And one can access the cemetery if you contact the city. They will um, allow you to go in with the key. But I'd like to invite anyone to contact the Rutherford Archaeological Society or me, Laura Bartell. I'm happy to show anyone around the cemetery. I've given several individual and group tours, so just let us know. Now, how far back into the history of Murfreesboro do the people go who are buried there? Well, the cemetery opened with the church in 1820, so we have some of the earliest burials from that year. However, we do have documentation that there were a few graves there previously, so it does go back pre-1820, but but mostly it's from 1820 on. And uh, when Evergreen was built in 1873, it was discouraged to be buried there. However, many family members wanted to be with their deceased family members, so there are burials there actually up until 1931. Our last burial was 1931, a, a Confederate soldier from Tennessee, Daniel Brown. And again, this is coming up this Sunday. Yes, sir. This Sunday, October 24th, 2 to 4.30 p.m., and we'd love to see you all come out and learn about some of the earliest history of the city. Also, I do want to mention that the Old First Presbyterian Church has an amazing history serving as the state capital when the old courthouse burned down, and also during the Civil War, it was a field hospital. So there's a lot of history there. Come on out and find out. Is there any truth in rumors that we've heard about it was also used as a stable? Well, yes, we do have a record of that. And in 2003, there was some archaeological research done where the church stood, and a horseshoe was found right down in the middle of the church. I understand that the bricks were also moved somewhere else. Yes, not all the bricks. Many bricks were removed for Civil War camp ovens and and structures, But believe me, there's plenty of brick. You know, it is one of the best preserved sites, archaeological sites, because there are at least a couple feet of brick covering the site. And when it was excavated, that was, I did not excavate it. That would be Dr. Kevin Smith at MTSU. That was um, an amazing feat to get through all that brick. Was this the first brick structure in Murfreesboro? Yes, it was. It was the first brick church and Uh, Also, it is thought to be the first brick structure, and it was a very wealthy congregation. It was a beautiful church with a beautiful steeple, a bell. Very interesting. So a part of our history is still there. 
Definitely. And how many places can you go and be a part of history right where it happened? That's what's exciting. This is a treasure of Murfreesboro. It's a special place, a hollowed ground. It needs to be out in the public more, so please come on out and see some of the earliest days, the earliest history of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Some fascinating information. That was Laura Bartell, the project director of the Old City Cemetery's Historic Preservation Project. And they're having an open day this Sunday, 2 until 4.30. It is absolutely free to attend. And this is WGNS News. Fascinating glimpses into our community's history. And again, the open house uh, at the City Cemetery this Sunday, 2 until 4.30. Walk through history, and if you have some roots with this area, that'll be a great opportunity for you to be there. And of course, the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County, they're having a special auction on Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Patterson Community Center, and that's going to help them. One of the things is create a beautiful monument over at Section M at the Evergreen Cemetery. So that uh, auction is coming up Saturday at Patterson Community Center. 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon. WGNS keeping you informed. Stay with us. Much more to come. This is Good Neighbor Events with Bart Walker. Brought to you by the law offices of John Day and AmeriCare Pest Control. Here's Tom Sweat with AmeriCare Services Incorporated. AmeriCare's moisture control services include mold testing, mold remediation, crawl space repair, vapor barrier, sump pump installation, radon testing, radon mitigation, and basement waterproofing. If there's something wrong in your crawl space or basement, we can probably help. Just ask for a free inspection. 893-7111. AmeriCare Services Incorporated. Let's check those WGNS Good Neighbor events. The audition workshop presented by the Rutherford Arts Alliance is this coming Saturday morning at 10 at the Center for the Arts. It's free for Rutherford Arts Alliance members, non-members $25. Once again, the audition workshop is this Saturday morning at 10 at the Center for the Arts in Uptown Murfreesboro. If you live in Murfreesboro, Leaf Pickup is going on right now through December 31st. Please place your leaves within about 5 or 10 feet of the street. Not on the street, but just about 5 or 10 feet from the street so that the city's leaf vacuums can reach them easily. Hey, put this on your calendar. The Greenhouse Ministry Street Festival is Monday evening, November 15th from 5 until 8 in the evening. And with the COVID-19 virus, things are getting a little better thanks to you. Please continue to wash your hands regularly with soap, cover your cough, wear a mask, and social distance. And please get your vaccination. 